live, yes, live from the past. View it live. <laughs> Beaming in to to homes across the skull. country. So new from Apple Podcast, they just start beaming your favorite. No, it's it's gonna be that it's gonna be a new YouTube album. They're just gonna beam directly into your brain. Oh my god! You have to click to like not get it, and it's like hidden in the menus, so (laughs) everyone's gonna. So this is why I don't use Apple products. Nobody, nobody ever reads the uh, the terms and conditions, and Bono knows that. (laughs) Um. It'll be. It is not even like. You know, it's not even like a music album. It's just like Bono's spoken word. Hey, folks, we're some nerds of a podcast. Don't don't you feel bad about not feeding the children? Don't you feel bad about climate change? I I made that one concert that one time to end climate change. And then it wasn't ended. We're we're joined by Bono, Bono, and I'm Bono. Uh, I mean, one of us has to be the edge. I'll I'll be the edge. Yeah, what do you think about that time that we had that concert to end climate change? And then those fuckers didn't is, end climate change. Is, wait, question. Is my character Irish too? I, I, I feel think like... so. I think they're all Irish. I don't know. Man, how much of a douche do you have to be to name yourself The Edge? Like, putting... <laughs> Bono aside. <laughs> putting, uh, putting a definite article in your own name, I feel like, is beyond the pale. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Uh, welcome. I'm sorry. We're we're some Alex nerds. Alex is like, let's get this going. Like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We've got to schedule the keep. We, we gotta. We gotta no. We gotta get this podcast to Des Moines by sundown. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're doing this a little early so that yeah. it will be fine. That's true. She's gonna like take out this entire first five minutes. <laughs> I no. like this first five minutes. <laughs> this is the best first five minutes I think we've ever done. <laughs> We just only bits about Bono and the Edge from now on. Um, this is a YouTube podcast. <laughs> welcome to uh, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bombcast. Uh, today we'll be talking about why he counts to fourteen in Spanish. One, two, three, fourteen. It's like that's literally what that song is. Mm. I think that was that that was the album that got put on everybody's was, iPods. No, it was the one after right? that. Oh, okay. Oh a, shit! It wasn't even that it one. It wasn't even that one. That sucks. I don't think there was any songs that anyone knows from that album, and it was literally put on everyone's iPod. I know. I think everybody immediately deleted it, and then they were just like not going to listen to it out of spite. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know anything about you two. Um, How long I'm, ago did this happen? This happened like ten years ago. Yeah. So it's like, topical. That's insane. Okay. <laughs> no, but like that's insane to me that it's like this is a thing that happened ten years ago that was like, oh, we should like do something about privacy laws. Ten years later, like Facebook's like, hey guys, whoopsie doodles, we sold all your information to the Russians who interfered with our elections. But it's okay. And it's like Because we made money. We made money. Um and we're yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. It was like that, like, you know, like, w- remember 10 years ago when we thought the worst thing that could happen to you is, like, like uh, an, a YouTube album is downloaded onto your iPod without consent? I mean, in consent. fairness, YouTube is, pre- or YouTube is pretty terrible. Ter- <laughs> 10 years ago, the worst thing you could happen to lose your house and your job. Yeah, yeah. also was, that. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Nobody, nobody I'm gonna be in the, I'm, I don't know. I still think the U2 album, like winding up on your iPod, is worse. Yeah. <laughs> you lose your iPod. It's like, man, I lost my job and I have to listen to this album. <laughs> Thanks, Bono. It's like my retirement savings, but now I have to listen to Bono. <laughs> I did not sign up for this, Obama. Wait, 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 wait. 
Is it Joshua Tree? Oh, it's not Joshua Tree. Burn it down. <laughs> Burn it down, everybody. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I feel like there's a direct line mm -hmm. from that instance to, to everything that's happened in 2019. Hmm. So what has happened in 2019? Um, what has happened specifically in the past two weeks of 2019? Oh, shit, yeah. No. We do a podcast. We, talk about <laughs> we, do, we do a podcast. Um, Sometimes I feel like I'm, like, the moderator between just the madness. And... <laughs> that's why we keep you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, yep. That's um, why we let you move into our basement. Um... <laughs> so, Alex and I went to a convention. We did. We did not. We were not guests at this convention. No. Not this year. Maybe next year, because we keep talking about it. Would you like to do Scares That Care next year, Elise? Um, I still don't like horror. So? Um, <laughs> I know that doesn't matter. Because, like, Scares That Care is an interesting convention. Because it sounds like you don't really need to like horror to go to that convention. Like, I don't really like horror. I only kind of like horror. I, I don't. I hate it. Well, then we have the three. Except, we have the trifecta, for, then. Except for all of those horror movies that I've made you watch that I'm like, you would like this. And then at the end, you're like, I liked that. Yeah, but, like, I don't I don't know. Anyway. I don't like it as a concept. You don't like it? <laughs> Being horrified? Being scared. Yeah, it's like I already have anxiety That's that true. I deal with. Like, I have depression and anxiety. Like, my life is horrifying enough. I think that there's... Like, you want a horror movie? Try to be me from, like, the hours of 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is a shit show inside my head. <laughs> All right? Actually, I mean, I think that there is... And this is, like, uh, I don't know. We haven't been on topic. Um, <laughs> what's a topic? Does this podcast have a topic? I, I think there actually have been studies done, and I have to look this back up. Yeah, but I'm yeah. pretty sure there have been studies done where like people who watch horror movies are actually less likely to have anxiety because you're less likely to watch it. No, no. Like I feel like that's like like people self-select. People with anxiety self-select to not uh, watch horror films. Maybe I don't know. It's I, like, hey, I'm not gonna watch this thing that triggers my anxiety. I'll have to look into you know. it, but I, I'm pretty sure that there's like... Like, does it alleviate anxiety? Yeah, yeah, because it's like you... Because it helps you deal... It, it, like, gives you feelings of anxiety in safe, controlled environments. For the characters that event, have eventually you realize, oh, wait, no, those are characters. Yeah, yeah. So your your body basically learns to deal with stresses by, like... Because you're, you're desensitizing yourself to it, basically, through, um, through exposure. Huh. I'll have to look back into it, but I'm pretty sure a few years ago I read an article about that. I feel like this that. is bullshit. I feel I'll, like I'll look sounds, into it. I'm not going to look into it on the air. Like but I don't know. Maybe you should. I mean, we've got other things to talk about. But I'll Do look... we? Okay. All right. Do we have topics? I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm like I'm like playing chicken with you right now, and now you're going to look it up. God damn it. Okay. No, don't look it up. <laughs> let's let's up. talk about things. Let's talk about. So we went to a convention. So, so we, we went to a Nick convention. Nick and Alex went to a convention. And, and I didn't go. You didn't go. Although you no. did show up for a little bit for dinner. I, I went for dinner mm -hmm. and then I didn't do And then I went home. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think like, because Scares the Care is a very small convention. It's got... It seems like, especially this year, was a lot quieter. Yeah. Um, and so they had a lot of really big name celebrities coming in but they didn't do a whole lot with them yeah like and there were like really big people like keith david was there yeah. um wilford brimley wilford brimley was there several members of other cast members of the thing uh, a few cast members for aliens um, aliens uh there was someone who was in uh the new halloween movie um 
there was somebody, uh, you know, there was Sid Haig, who's there, I think, every year. Um, I think every year we've been, Sid Haig has been one of the guests. Yeah. And Kane Hodder, who's also been a guest several times. Also, I found one of the articles um, uh, about why anxiety, like watch, watching horror helps you with anxiety. Um, I'll read it later. Okay. <laughs> but it's a thing. Thing. Uh, yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, like they didn't do a whole lot of panels. Yeah. Um, they, there was a lot of photo ops mm-hmm. and there were you know, a lot of opportunities to go up and get autographs from them, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really a shame because like, I think those are cool groups of people and I really would like to hear like them talk about their experiences making the movies that they're most well known for. Um, Although Wilford Brimley looked like he had to be just directed to everything. I, yeah. Like, like his, his handler, I guess you'd call them that. Yeah. Where, like, tell, like yeah. to write the name of the person out on big yeah. block letters and push it in front of him so he would write the name of the... Yeah. Uh, and, like, he looked out of it. He was also not there the first day, so yeah. he well, may he was not all, like, the well. first day and a half. Yeah. So um, he, may, he may not have been feeling very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, but he's, I mean, he's looking... He's 84 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude made a movie about how it sucks to get old, like, before most people, in fact, before I think everyone making this podcast, and probably a lot of people listening to this podcast, were even born. Mm-hmm. That's how old Wolf Brimley is. <laughs> <laughs> old as dirt. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, for, for being 84, he looked... And Betty White's still gonna get him beat. Yeah, Betty... Like, Damn, he... <laughs> Betty White was in, like, a whole TV series about yeah. being old before any of us were born. For seven seasons. Um, and that is a, that is, you know what? Thank you for being a friend. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing show. Um, so, yeah, as scares I care, I don't know. I had fun. Um, do we want to talk about some of the movies that we watched at the film festival? There? Yeah, because that was, I mean, we, we played some games. We did play we, some games. We watched some movies. Um, a couple of the movies, like there were, there were some short films that were playing that were were pretty funny and pretty horrific. Yeah. Well, we watched we specifically watched the horror comedy block of the short of the short horror uh, yeah. short films. Uh, we watched those, and we watched some of the creature feature ones too, like mm-hmm. little bits and pieces. Um, I I really liked the werewolf one. Yeah. The really the werewolf yeah. one was really fun. So. Um, what was it called? Bitten? I think it was called Bitten. Something like that. Um, and it was it was about this this uh, single middle aged lady lives alone with her dog, and apparently her dog before the movie starts, like you, you kind of see it come in from the beginning with a with a bite with a bite mark. It had been bitten presumably by a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Only it's a dog. It's not a person. So what happens? Well, when the the moon comes out, it turns into a naked dude. <laughs> Who doesn't know anything about you know, just being a person? Because he's still just a dog brain man. <laughs> so he just like eats all the kibble and no, no, no he eats a chicken. He remember, because the, right. the lady was eating the chicken for yeah. dinner mm-hmm. and she didn't give the dog any, and so he ate some of the chicken that was left on the counter. Mm-hmm. And then she, the lady wouldn't let him on the bed because she was going out to try to like hook up with guys, um, like at a bar. Good for her. Bar. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a very. Sex Very sex positive movie to a, right. to a degree, um, but you know she was going out to go to go find a man, and she was like, "Well, if we find if I find a new daddy for us, then he, he's not going to want to have dog hair on the bed." And so, like when he's crazy, you know, naked dog man, 
He's just we're like rolling around on the bed. Um, he goes he goes outside. He realizes how to open the door, and he just runs down the street, flailing his arms, which is probably I thought that was the funniest moment in the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> just like the shot of this just naked dude running down the street. Um, and then at the end of the movie, the lady comes home and like sees this naked dude on her couch, and of course she's been like out trying to trying to find a date. She's a little she's a little drunk. She's like, all right, she have sex with him. She, so she has oh, sex with him. She has sex with him. That's and, terrible. And in the middle of having sex with him, like the he he ends up like biting her on the shoulder. And so it cuts to one month later. one month later. And he's turned back into a person, but she turns into a dog and she comes running into the, the room where he's sitting on the couch wearing a bathrobe and eating a box of milk bones. Oh my God. <laughs> he starts feeding the, the lady dog milk bones. Ah! <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. It was cute. It was. Wow. It was, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, what was the other, there was another horror comedy that was pretty good i'm trying to remember what the other one was that i really liked do you remember any of the other ones from that block uh oh pikmin model the pikmin oh, model yes the or pikmin the, model it was about which was based off of pikmin's model mm -hmm. which is an hp lovecraft story yep. and it was presented in kind of like a public access kind yeah. of yeah it was like a uh like a infomercial sort of thing. yeah yeah uh, with or, by following the steps of the pikmin model you too can create you know Horrific, gar garish images from your nightmares. Mm -hmm. Step uh, one, buy a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, have a uh, portal to terrible, nightmarish realms. Yeah. Have an assistant. Yeah, have an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> the guns for the assistant. <laughs> um, you know, mix your colors together. For this one, you're going to need a lot of red <laughs> and a lot of black. Uh, yeah, it's good. It was fun. Um, and then and then like they they cut to people like like testimonials. Yeah, about like how Pikmin's like the worst artist. <laughs> it's like why would anyone want to look at anything like that? And then there was the one who was like the avant-garde artist. That's like who uses paint? <laughs> and I can't remember what she does, but she does like she like. Like staples a dollar bill to something or something like that. Like, um, that one was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, the creature features. There were a few that were pretty decent. I the only one that I watched all the way through, or most of the way through, was the conduit, because that was oh, the one that man. I really wanted to see. And mm -hmm. I don't remember. Oh, I remember. I was going to go check on some of my bids in the um, in the silent auction. Mm -hmm. Um, so the 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 first one. You saw most of what the, the conduit? What was, no, no, the first one. Um, the that was the the one about uh, like worms or something. Oh yeah, no, that was um, that was gross. It was gross. Yeah, I'm I'm not as much for the like the gross out horror. Um, some of the concepts were interesting, but I did uh, I did not actually get it from the very beginning. I missed like oh, yeah. the setup. And so, like, I come in the middle, and there's, like, worms crawling all over people, and this woman can't, like, she, she took some kind of drugs 
or something, so now she can see the worms that no one else wow, can. Wow, this sounds like it would really help me with my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then, yeah, it it was just kind of not my thing. Yeah. Uh, but the conduit was actually the conduit really good, was pretty even good. though I also see it, somehow missed the first part of it. I think I had to step off to the bathroom. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I missed the first part of that one too. But it was it's basically you know this guy is doing like science experiments. Um, and then he seems, he like opens a portal to another dimension and there are these creatures coming through and it's first, it's kind of like, it's like gremlins. It's like a little teeny, <laughs> like little creature. Although it does kill those. It the does kill people. Well, I mean, yeah. there are people who die in gremlins too. That's true. Um, so it, it has that same kind of tone where it's like people get killed, but it's kind of like lighthearted cause it's this goofy looking little thing. And then like, you know, winds up at the main character's house after killing a person um, and so he's like prepared and like trying to fight it. And then another portal opens and this huge like eel comes in mm-hmm. and eats the gremlin. Uh, and you're like, oh good, the thing is gone. And then you see the eel like flying around and the eel attacks him. And then he finally like kills the eel like right when the girlfriend is showing up. Yeah. Um, and he like, he's like, trying to explain to her like, you can't come in, like... Like, this is for your own good kind of a thing. And then this huge, like, huge portals start opening and giant creatures come out. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like the I like the animatronics and, the, like, the puppets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Look pretty good. Like, for such a low budget. Like, a lot of people were laughing at it. But, you know, for, like, for such a low budget movie, it's like, they looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. That that eel cr- thing looked pretty creepy. It was like it, I liked how it like glowed and stuff. It was neat. Um, but the big feature the, that we saw, the big feature that we saw, we had problems with that one. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked the funny parts. I liked of it. the funny parts of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked both parts of it. I just didn't like both parts of it together. But I have a stronger stomach for those kinds of movies than you do. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I am, oh, I should, uh, yeah, I'm going to step away for a second because it's so I can adequately, accurately remember the name of the movie. Excuse me for a moment. Um, this is our waiting music. We're some nerds. We have a podcast. Sometimes we get distracted. I wasn't getting distracted. I was going to go get the, um, going to go get the the book, book. Um, One Must Fall. That was the one. Because, yeah, that was a weird name for Because it doesn't really was have anything. That, was that the one that was? That was the one, yeah. The, the crime scene cleanup crew is on a job that turns deadly when they discover that the killer never left the scene of the crime in this darkly comic and extremely gory 80s-style slasher. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we forgot it. Because, like, the title has absolutely nothing to do with what the movie's about. Like, yeah. It doesn't... Unless it has something to do with, like, the weird philosophy of the killer, which I, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, do you want to talk about One Must Fall? About what was going uh, on with that movie? So, yeah. It was... Um... No, not really. <laughs> no, it was this uh, film that kind of uh, follows this woman who is in an office that does... Uh... Single mother. Yeah, single mother. And is being sexually harassed by her boss. And finally stands up for, or she had been standing up for herself, but continues to stand up for herself. And the boss kind of manipulates it to get her fired. And uh, her best friend, uh, her her very flamboyant best friend at the job, uh, stands up for her too, and he gets fired. 
so in the meantime, like they're going to HR and they're going to like the the things to reverse that. Uh, while they're doing so, though, they need temp work, so they decide to work for this cleanup crew that cleans up after crime scenes. And there's kind of this ongoing thing about this murder that's been happening in the background. Yeah, you find out it's like the only, the the first serial killer in whatever city this is supposed to like take place something in. Something Oklahoma. I don't it's like it's a, it was a real city, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if like this is meant to be when this like like a killer was actually going through there. I don't know. It's not I really, don't know. Not um, really explored. But like the. The the like like it's all played for like laughs in a way to the point where for those of you who know who Lloyd Kaufman is Lloyd Kaufman fucking shows up as one of the the crime scene investigators like telling this story well, I think I think he's like the owner of the warehouse no I think he's a cop because he leaves with the other cops and he's talking about like other crime scenes like like with like gory crime scenes mm. that he's come in on yeah yeah, yeah. um and he, like he's just like He's just Lloyd Kaufmaning it up, like just like going on this like tirade about stuff that doesn't really play into the movie, and it's but it's kind of like funny. It's like kind of sticky, you know. Yeah. And and, and that th- you think that's the tone that the movie's gonna go for. And yeah. It's like, okay. like like you get to meet the characters, and you get to meet like the cleanup crew. And they're all kind of they're all a little bit like off. Like there's the bearded guy who like doesn't really say anything, kind of has like the wild crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. There's like the boss who's like way too perky mm-hmm. to be, you know, cleaning up brain matter there's, for a living. There's a, a Wiccan woman mm-hmm. uh, who is just like... I. That she was actually the one of the parts of the movie that I appreciated the most. Okay. Because um, it was it was an African-American actress playing a, a pagan who, like, is, like, really integral to the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, she only shows up towards the beginning and towards the end... But, like, she plays a very pivotal role in, like, what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that character, yeah. that she wasn't cannon fodder, that, that she did something. Yeah, she refuses to go into the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, this place is, this is evil here. I'm not doing this. Um, and then there's, like, the, the second in command. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was my favorite <laughs> character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was great. What were some of the things that he said? Don't like, look me in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Well, well, Tom's Todd. here. Or Todd's here. Whatever. No, no, Todd. Todd is the uh, Todd is the second in command. Okay, what's I, I can't remember what, Julian. Julian, I think? yeah. Well, well, Julian's here. He's in charge. But when he's not here, I'm in command. <laughs> Rule one: Do not look me in the eyes. Are you looking me in the eyes? <laughs> but then even he, like, like as he's got this kind of jerk personality at first, like after after being with him for a little bit, you kind of get to understand him and yeah. like. It's all just an act. The characters are all really... Like, that's one of the strengths of this movie. Mm The characters are all really fleshed out, and you start to really, like, empathize with them. When they could just be, like... Stereotypes. Very standard stereotypes. And some of the... I mean, like, the boss character is definitely just a trope. But, like, it's so over the top that it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, like, he plays all these, like sexually suggestive songs in a meeting directly <laughs> toward like that what I thought was like that was one of the first parts that made me laugh was like the the female lead like had like the strongest sales numbers or whatever yeah. for that that quarter and he's like this is for you and he like plays the song on the tape recorder and it's like 
I can't remember what song it was, but it was something like really overtly sexual. And he's just like dancing and like grinding his hips towards her while the rest of the sales team is in the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that definitely sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, but like, if the movie had just been about like that whole drama mm-hmm. and about her time with the cleanup crew, then that might I might have you know, like that. Hey, that's a full complete movie. Yeah. But then they throw in this other it, and the reason why I didn't appreciate this, like I might have appreciated it on its own, but not as much. Is because it's basically, it's just a Saw ripoff. Or, like, maybe a Seven ripoff. Where you have this guy who's like, God isn't real. If God was real, he would save you all. I'm God. I'm gonna kill you all. Like, crazy serial killer with very gory violent. Like, and not, like, over-the-top gory. Like... Not like, oh, you're putting on Friday the 13th and, like, it's Tom Savini, like, blood spraying everywhere. Or, like, you know, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, the guy face plants into a wood chipper. And it's like, ah, that guy fell in a wood chipper. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, agonizing. Yeah. It's like... Like, like, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. I barely could watch it. I'm like, I, I kind of wanted to see where it was going. But it's like those two tones did not mesh at all. No. Um, and I don't know. E- each of those movies individually, I feel like, would have been better than that movie was as a whole. Mm-hmm. I appreciated it. And, like, on a technical level, it was really solid for, like, amateurs, right? Like, mm-hmm. passionate amateurs making a movie. It was, like, the, the, the makeup effects all looked really good. Except for the stapled on face at the, the end. stapled on face at the end yeah that wasn't great um but it was kind of funny so i kind of like like i wasn't expecting that um but that one yeah but the rest of it was like really really good the acting was all pretty solid um the characters like we said already were all like really well fleshed out it was just it was a tonal problem more than anything else of we want to make a car comedy but the comedy is going to be really goofy and the horror is going to be really horrific. And we're just going to kind of put those two things like back to back. It's like, it's like a, a radio clock where it's like we've stapled a radio to yeah. a clock. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it would be like, it would be one thing if it was like the first half of the movie was all comedy and then it was just horror from the second half. But then it was like, there was, the, you might've had, you might've stepped out of the room for this part, but there was a part in the middle of it where like the sexually harassing boss calls back because he realizes that he's in trouble Mm. and is like trying to hire her back. And it's like, why is that in this part of the movie when we're like dealing with all of these horrible things? Like, why is this clown character back? Mm -hmm. They, they probably like watched a horror comedy comedy, like Shaun of the dead or Ducker, Ducker Ducker and and Dale. Dale. And they were probably like, you know what this needs? More realistic horror. And then they made it. And then they're like, oh, that's why nobody does that. You I, know what I mean? I like, will say that. Like, but, I mean, if you're talking about Shaun of the Dead, like, for a zombie movie, that movie goes into some pretty, like, horrific and sad things. Like, people forget about that. But, like... Because, because the comedy of it and the commentary of it yeah. is such that you can kind of ignore it or forget it or it just kind of 
blends in with it. Yeah, it, it, it bl- I think blending in is probably mm-hmm. the best way of yeah. saying it. That it's like it it doesn't it doesn't feel suddenly like a different movie. No, because the characters are all grounded in reality. Whereas mm-hmm. this movie, the characters were all like. While they were well fleshed out, they were still kind of goofy, mm-hmm. and they weren't really realistic. It, they were sort of. It was like if the cast of The Office suddenly wound up in Saw. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this movie was. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like these characters, like you care about the you know characters. What? I bet you that's how they pitched it. I. You know what? I. I wouldn't. I, that was somebody's elevator I pitch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. But it's still like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do it like that? Um, whereas with Shaun of the Dead, it's like the comedy and the pathos both come from Shaun's character and the characters right. around him. Like, do y'all remember the fact that Shaun has to kill his mom in that movie? Oh, that was yeah. really yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's... Yeah. But, like, he doesn't like stick a gardening fork through her no, no, eyeballs. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying, like, what the point that I'm making yeah. is that it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, even though the parts of that movie that are funny are really, really funny, they can still do parts that are sad or scary yeah. and still have those work mm-hmm. because it's tonally consistent. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. where, like where you're not like you're not like doing all these sudden like gear changes like they're they build up to those moments like all right now it's going to be a little bit quiet and we can kind of build these characters and we can understand how these characters get along and like you know you know the stakes and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. where as opposed to oh here's the killer now here's what he does here's this crazy manifesto yeah. he's going to yell at you yeah, or, or whisper now, quietly. In now he's going to uh, try to force one of these characters to murder another one to prove some sort of like weird point. That was weird. Yeah. And then he's going to back off on it. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. Um. So that was a movie. Um, that was a movie. So we did I that. We did play some games. We did play some games. Yeah. So we played two games. Mm-hmm. Um. One of them was. We played three games actually. Did we? Oh yeah, yeah technically. Because we played, we played uh, Thirteen Dead End Drive. Oh, that which one was, too. Which was a game that I wanted to play since I was a little kid I and never th- actually played. <laughs> I guess we technically played four games too. Because we while we were waiting for like the movie to start, we jumped in and there was like a trivia game. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We made some friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thirteen dead end drive. Um, <laughs> go ahead and describe it. Okay, you're the one that remembers like the commercials. So, so I, this was a game that I remember seeing advertised on television when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I remembered about it was that it's like, oh well, man, there's like these cool little traps, and you like press the buttons on the traps, and you like knock off the other characters. It's like mousetrap, but it, lamer. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's like mousetrap, but lamer, purely because like there's there's several smaller traps instead of like spending your entire time building the one big trap. Mm-hmm. That's kind of anticlimactic. Um, this is a whole bunch of like little small traps that are immediately gratifying. <laughs> um, so the plot of it is that uh, this little old lady dies with no air, which I don't know like why you would advertise this to children, but I guess it was the nineties. Um, and so you, uh, you are playing as a handful of like her close friends and like employees and things like that 
And you're trying to figure out who's going to be the heir. Who's going to get all of, like, her inheritance. Because she's got, like, no relatives. She's got, she's got no relatives. Even though they call her, like, Aunt Tabitha. Like, why do they call her Aunt Tabitha if she's not well, anyone's aunt? I, I have someone I who we called Aunt who's not related to us. So. I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so she dies and... Uh, Someday our dumb kids will call you Aunt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Not cousin? <laughs> Um, that's true. <laughs> You're not that much younger than us. No, but never mind. Um, wait, was I missing something? It's fine. Um, <laughs> now I feel dumb. Thanks, thanks. I'm sorry. This is why I drink alcohol? <laughs> I didn't mean it. Um, so your char- the characters that you're playing as are secret. Mm-hmm. Um. And we played the two player. We play game. we played the two player version, but in all of these, they're, they're the play the, the each person is playing as secret characters. Mm-hmm. But you can move any character piece that you want, and so the game the object of the game is to knock off the other players' characters while trying to make sure that yours can leave the mansion while your face is showing the the face of the inheritor. Um. Unlike this, because like it's set up with like a wall. Yeah, there's like a huge portrait hanging on the wall, Mm -hmm. and there's cards that show every character's face, and they change periodically throughout the game. And so, like, when it's your turn, your goal is to like you can move two up to two characters. Um, And so, if it's someone else's character, you try to move them onto a trap, and if you can, spring the trap on them, knocking them out of the game. And if it's you, you might, if it's your character who's inheriting the stuff, you might want to move that character towards the door. Um, and the person who can, is the last one standing or the first one out while their picture is showing wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game, I don't know. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was, it was, uh, it was a fun little game. It was probably not worth waiting 30 years to play. <laughs> uh, but it, it was like, hey, I finally played this game that I kept seeing on television all the time. And now I'm playing it. it was, so that was kind of a neat, neat feeling. Um, glad we, great story. glad we great got story. to uh, check that mark off of your bucket list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crossfire's next. <laughs> Crossfire. Crossfire. <laughs> um, and what was the 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 vis- I can never remember the full title. There was something like the visitor, the visitor in like something, Blackwell something. Wood or something, something like that. Something like that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I, I had a lot of... It spawned the best question. <laughs> how is a duck different from a fish? Or how is a fish not like a duck? Yes. Or, what's a what's what's, what's the... Di- no, what's the difference between a fish and a duck? That's go. what it was. Yeah. So the game is essentially um, where you are... So it's like um, uh, an asymmetrical game. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, most of the players are playing these government agents. It's kind of like the E.T. It's kind oh, of like yeah. taking inspiration from E.T. and yeah. like X-Files. And so each of the players, the up to four of the players are these like FBI, CIA. NSA. And DOE. one of the players is the visitor or an alien. Department of Ed? Department of Energy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so this alien is here. And another player is like the kid. Yeah. And so there's apparently like in this wood a force field that will allow certain things into the force field if it follows a criteria, if it follows a rule that is on, like, a card that's That's only known to the visitor. Only known to the visitor. So the visitor and the kid are working together. Kind of. Kind of. And if they're, like, two win conditions, like, either one of the agents wins or the kid and the visitor wins. Um, 
Or all of the agents can win together if the visitor runs out of cards. Yeah. That was the other one. That is the other one. Uh, but basically, we had, like, Nick and I were playing as agents, and uh, the idea is to, we have cards with, like, objects drawn on them. Yeah. And we have to either present them to the visitor. Secretly. Secretly. And then the visitor will say if it succeeds or fails to go through the force field. Yeah. Or we can try to... Get yes. like prove prove the rule. Yeah, uh, in um, which case we put down four cards yeah. and choose which ones we think will go in, which ones will go out, uh, and then the visitor kind of move puts like pieces on the board, a la uh, mind trap. Yeah, to mind, show you yeah. which ones of those. Oh, not four, mind trap. Yeah, um, mastermind. Mastermind. To show you which ones of those four things did go in according mm -hmm. to the rule. Yeah. Um, and if you successfully prove the rule then you win which i did by random guessing yeah. <laughs> so so that's that's where somebody put in like a duck and a fish yeah and, we and were... thinking that they would both be rejected i think yeah and then and then one of them went in the and fish. the other one was rejected and, then... and we were like what because <laughs> we thought the rule had something to do with like price or like materials or yeah. like or, or like we kept thinking about like oh it's made out of wood but yeah or yeah. not made out of wood but then there was a tree like like yeah. Man, yeah yeah um and so it ended up being price and like we ran into the person who was playing the visitor later in the con yeah it's like it and she was like i looked it up a duck is actually like six dollars <laughs> because it was like anything worth over 50 yeah <laughs> so, oh my God. and so, she assumed that if you were to buy a duck it would cost a lot of money but you can just go to the pond and grab a duck <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no you, one's yeah. stopping you <laughs> i have 428 ducks at home <laughs> Uh, that's not true we don't have any ducks um, shut up Gilbert um, no yeah. one can know that you're here um, but that was fun I, I, that, that was a lot of fun I'd love to play that game again um, but yeah no it can be a little bit confusing with, yeah. with like a rule that kind of obtuse yeah. Especially like, if you have a visitor who doesn't know how much things are worth. <laughs> and especially when you start like presenting the visitor with things like a minotaur or a dragon. <laughs> Which didn't pass because they're not real. Yeah, yeah. So you can't actually buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then like you gave like I think someone gave her a giraffe. Uh -huh. And the giraffe went and like she showed it to someone who wasn't actually playing and was like, if you could, and like we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So yeah. yeah, if you could buy a giraffe, it would probably cost more than fifty dollars. Yeah, but to buy a duck costs significantly less. Yeah, and that's what threw us off. Yeah, but anyway. that's okay. You know, who knows? It it's was fine. It was still fun. You live and you learn about you know, ducks. The the really <laughs> the real alien autopsy is with the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, but all your friends died in the Area Fifty One raid. Oh, oh, that hasn't happened yet. Oh. That's true. That's next month. We'll have it's to. Gonna, it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. um, um, so we also played a game that I have been itching to play for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't Thirteen Dead End Drive. Uh, it was Mysterium, ah. which I think was actually a way better game and definitely one that is now on my must buy list. Way better than Thirteen Dead End Drive. I think so. <laughs> it's definitely it was a lot of fun. Um, you go ahead and explain it since you're the one that was so so excited um, to play. So it. it's it's sort of like. Clue meets Dixit, for anyone who's played Dixit. Um, I have not played Dixit. And if you haven't, uh, it's made by the same people, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so Dixit 
to just kind of explain that because I think that's an easier thing to explain. Um, than the game we're going to explain? Yeah. It is. It's an easier <laughs> game. Um, and if you understand what Dixit is, it makes it easier to understand Mysterium. So Dixit is a game where people take turns being a storyteller. And they tell a story that's, it can be a word, it can be a phrase, a sentence, uh, probably not more than that, but, you know, like anything like that. They say something, and then they put a card face down. The cards all have these weird, like, surreal images drawn on them. Uh, and then everyone else plays a card from their hand that they think matches the story that the storytellers told. And then you shovel the cards up, turn them face, face up, and everyone has to figure out which one was the storytellers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a competitive game. Like, you win points for guessing the storytellers. You win points uh, for other people thinking that yours was the storytellers. That kind of stuff. Um, there's And whoever has the most points at the end wins. Uh Mysterium, though, is I like a little bit better because Mysterium is a cooperative game, mm-hmm. which I love cooperative games. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, and it's sort of like Clue in that there's been a murder. And it's unlike Clue in that the murdered party is one of the players who plays as a ghost. Um, and all of the other uh, players play as mediums who the ghost is in contact with through their dreams. Um, and so the, the surreal image cards become the dreams that the ghost is giving to the medium to try to help the medium solve their murder. To try to determine who was who the killed the Who killed the person. Where. What, in what room in the mansion. And, and using what object. Mm-hmm. So just like Clue. Yep. And it goes through first with like every player that's playing the medium trying, like getting their own person like out of yeah. uh, out of a list of like yeah the ghost know. doesn't really know like the, the ghost can narrow it down to a field of three at first mm-hmm. apparently or a field, field of however many other players there are yeah uh and so like if you you have to get like the match for you first and then you get like one final round where you try to everyone tries to work together to figure out what the actual thing was yeah um, and we played that one twice because and, I had I a lot of fun. I think we won that. both times. No, we lost the first oh, one. Oh, we lost the first time? We lost the first time. We got down to the very last round and we chose the wrong set. Because mm. um, I think it's if you're wrong with that last round, you you just automatically lose. Yeah. Um, but the second time, I played as the ghost and I won, largely because Alex was able to figure out all of my weird little esoteric hints. Like, I know what... Even if the other players couldn't figure them out. I know how you think. Yeah. No, I appreciated yeah. that because, like, I would look at a card and think, like, that person has... Uh, that person's a musician. Hopefully they'll figure out... Because I couldn't figure out... I couldn't find cards. I didn't have cards in my hand that um, that showed anything about music. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had cards with books... And so I gave the person who had the musician the card with the books. And I'm like, maybe they'll figure out that it's music books. And but there was also a person that yeah. was a post There was also, yeah. But but you you also figured that out because the one that I gave the person who had the postman was like a, do- uh, uh, a sub-person or like a pair of sh- uh, shoes in front of a doorway. And there's like a dog oh, in the Oh, yeah, the dog. Yeah. Um, and so you figured that out and you figured, oh, yeah, these books must be music books. And I'm like, yes, everybody listen to Alex. <laughs> nobody <laughs> did. Nobody did. And it was like to several of those. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the other one was like when I showed the picture of the spider to the same person because the musician played bagpipes. 
And uh, so I showed her a picture of the, like a spider. And I'm like, well, because spiders, you know, have a lot of different legs and there's lots of different pipes on the bagpipes. Mm-hmm. They kind of look like a spider. And you showed like a picture of like a, like a Christmas celebration. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, there's music at Christmas time. Maybe it's the music guy. <laughs> like old legs eye. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> no. No. They got it eventually. Yeah. But. They should have listened to you sooner. <laughs> um, but we won that one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, that is definitely going to be a game that I have to add to my collection. I want to play I, that again. I that love Dixit. Like, Dixit is one of my favorite games. Um, and this game just, like, it adds a whole bunch of stuff that I like that Dixit doesn't have. It makes it spoopy. Um, <laughs> it makes it cooperative. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, and, like it, there's a mystery element to it. It's like, cool, that, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and then, yeah, we played some uh, Halloween trivia with yeah. some people because, like, we ran into a lot of the people who we played those other games with. We played Halloween trivia. And I impressed people with my knowledge that the original jack-o'-lanterns were carved, carved out of turnips. Everyone is very impressed e- by this knowledge. Everyone least. was very, well, one person was very impressed. Mm-hmm. I got a high five for that. I also got a high five from the person who was like, does anyone know why vampires can't see their reflections? And I'm like, it's because mirrors used to be made out of silver and silver is a holy element. <laughs> so yeah, I was a cool person. Yeah. <laughs> see how cool your husband is, Elise? <laughs> got some Halloween trivia. <laughs> What? I'd like a divorce. Please. What? <laughs> one divorce coming right up. <laughs> one, one divorce, please. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine. This is fine. <laughs> what? I don't know. Um, is that is that it? What minute are we on? Uh, forty-five. How we we spent forty-five minutes? No, we spent five minutes talking about you two. <laughs> <laughs> And then we spent some time talking about how much time we spent talking about YouTube. And now we're spending some more time talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So we could also talk about um, some of the other things that we did. That's true. Uh, outside of the convention. Uh, I know that we watched at least an, a movie. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you want to talk about anything before we uh, talk about our movie? No, you, guys, you, you two talk about your movie. All right. What movie did we watch? Because I honestly like... <laughs> Which one did we watch? Train to Busan. Oh, yeah, that's right. We watched Train to Busan. That was a good movie. Yeah. I like that movie. Um, One of two South Korean directed uh, train-based action films that I've watched. Would you say that it's a a solid genre? It's a pretty solid genre. I mean, both of them are pretty good. Snowpiercer was pretty good. I think this one was a little bit better, but I think you would enjoy Snowpiercer. Mm. Um, Yeah. What did you think of Train to Busan? Uh, I mean, I am I am a sucker for like stories that are stuck. Like I guess train based. Well, kind of, <laughs> but more just what I guess is called the episode in a bottle. Yeah, where it's like all like like there's a limited set. It's mm-hmm. stuck within a certain confines, and everything that happens has to happen in there. Like for example, you know, Twelve, 12 Angry, Angry Men. Men. Yeah, that's the classic example. Yeah, or it, the bottle episode of Community. Which is called Bottle Episode. Yeah. Or I think there's <laughs> I think, an episode no, of Star Trek Next Generation where it's like stuck in a... Ship in a bottle. Yeah. So so those are kind of things that I'm just a sucker for. Um, that, along with the uh, seething anti-capitalist critique. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was... Uh, that kind of came out of... I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but it was like, it was very overt. Mm-hmm. It's like... 
yeah, you know how this is a zombie movie? Here's the bad guy. Yeah. You don't hate the zombies. Like, the zombies are just kind of an elemental force mm-hmm. that exists. Yeah. Like, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the guy that you hate is this asshole. Yeah. What does he do? Oh, he's the COO of a company. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, and so, like, it follows... If you're not familiar with it, it follows this... Um, this An account manager. Yeah, account manager and his daughter... Uh, who are going to visit uh, their his estranged wife and her mother in Busan, uh, in Busan uh, for her birthday, and so the daughter's birthday. Yes. Uh, so they get on a train. Like like she keeps wanting to go and wants to go visit mom, and so I'll go by myself, Dad. It's like no, I gotta go with you. So he takes the day off work. They get on a train, and it, you think, oh well, it's just a few hours, and then we'll be back. But no, there's a zombie apocalypse going on, and. Uh, there you go and kind of introduce all these different characters that are on the train. There's the uh, COO that's there. That's like, uh, like there's a, a homeless person that's like stuck in the the bathroom. Well, he hides in the bathroom because he he's escaping because he knows that the zombies are out. He there. knows the zombies are out there, so he's kind of like muttering to himself. And the uh, the COO is like, uh, "Don't be like him. You know, go to school." And uh, oh god, that was the same <laughs> asshole. I didn't yeah. even pick that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, it's like. I, and, like, my, my dad, or my mom says people like you are bad. Yeah, yeah, people who say things like that are bad. Like, yeah, yeah the, like, if you th- threaten people with, like, homelessness mm-hmm. for not working hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh... So I like that mom character. We never see her, we never but I like her. her a lot. We never hear her. Um, but, yeah, so that, uh, there's also this, uh, young couple, mm-hmm. uh, who one is apparently like a martial arts supposed instructor. to be a martial arts instructor i don't think he ever gets mentioned it's but. never mentioned but it's like I, I like i think as we were watching the movie i said to you a few times like the fuck does this guy die do for a living because he's huge and like when the zombies start showing up he's just like wailing on them he's like punching them in the head i, I think my favorite the part where i said what the hell does this guy do for a living is one charges at him and he picks it up and slams it against the ceiling of the train i know right i was like whoa so like it's him and his his very pregnant very wife. pregnant wife um and so they're like it's like best dad and best mom yeah um who are like taking who take way better care of the daughter character through most of the movie than her dad does mm-hmm. uh who else there's there's this team of like high school students that are baseball you know baseball mm-hmm. players the baseball, the baseball furies yeah and uh and like this you know the want to be girlfriend of one of them yeah um and so they're like going to play a game or something like that and so they're all on there and with their uniforms and their baseball bats which of course come in handy yep um is there anyone else oh oh those are the there's the old ladies there's the old ladies that's right there's the the old sisters who say some of the (laughs) the best thing goddamn korea yeah um where it's like (laughs) back in the old days they would have gone to a re-education camp Back yeah. in the military dictatorship days of South Korea, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so so that's kind of like the core group of, of players, um, and there are random like there's also like a, an attendant. There's like yeah. like the the train attendant. There's the, the driver, the, the conductor, yeah. Um, and then there's the first the, victim, the zombie horde. Oh yeah, the yeah. first victim, the first victim, who is this uh, woman who kind of runs onto the train past like the train guard. Yeah who should not have missed that, but does, uh, and gets on the train at the last minute and 
becomes infected and well, was already infected was already infected uh, and then starts infecting everyone else and people start a panic start rushing to the front of the train your cat is eating something uh Ferdinand Ferdinand stop Ferdinand. that Fernando uh and sorry um and, yeah, and yeah. then like zombie apocalypse ensues, and then anti-capitalist uh, sentiments abound mm-hmm. because it's all about like you know this could all we could all get through this if we all work together, but no, the guy who's the CEO of the company is like, like everyone's got to work for themselves. Everybody's got to work for themselves, and like the dad has that mindset at first. Yes, but and then can... as the movie goes on, he kind of loses it mm-hmm. because you know the 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 best dad uh, character, the martial arts instructor like calls him out on some of his bullshit yeah and like ends up like saving his daughter like saving his daughter for him mm. basically yeah and then saving him at a later point yeah so i think we should like stop it there because like i think yeah. that you should like if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it it's it's on netflix it's on netflix you should watch this. even if you're not usually a horror movie fan mm-hmm. i mean th- there's a lot of pathos in this movie a lot of really strong characters mm-hmm. um very well directed uh again like the the horrors, the hor- there's horror there, but it's really a story about these characters and about these different ideologies. Um, yeah, really, really good. And apparently they're making a sequel. I don't know how. I don't know how either. Is there another train going to Busan? I feel like, again, I feel like it's just another... It's, Is, it's probably going to be another story in the same universe. I want to say it'd be like... Uh, an anthology, but like not a zombie movie, where it, but it's still <laughs> like set it's up a romantic comedy on a train to Busan. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, actually. I'd appreciate that a lot if someone did something. I it's so rare. I talked about it this last week mm-hmm. or last last time we recorded. Um, when I was talking about uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You and how mm-hmm. like the, both of those movies are like completely different genres from one another. Yeah, like. It's so rare for something like that to happen, but I so appreciate it. Mm. Like Halloween and Halloween three, like. But apparently, you're like alone in that opinion. So I know a lot of people have come around on Halloween three. Yeah. It's. It, I think most people nowadays recognize it as the second best movie in that series. Maybe now third best. Now that uh, the 2018 one has come out, um, I'll have to give it another another watch because it's been. I haven't seen it since we watched it in the theater, but I don't know. But yeah, so we. I bought a that. silver. I bought a silver. A uh, silver shamrock button while I was at uh, the convention. So oh, yeah? there was actually a lot of them there. <laughs> a lot of people like Halloween three. It's a good movie. Um, I'm, and if you if you like Halloween three, <laughs> listener, or don't like Halloween three, leave a comment or send us an email at some nerds have an email at gmail dot com. That's some nerds have an email at gmail dot com. I was waiting for the prompt. Oh, sorry. I was uh, I was doing the Silver Shamrock, Shamrock <laughs> music. Three more days till Halloween. 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 Silver so, Shamrock. How about you, Elise? Do you want to talk about things that you've watched? Um. Or do you want to try to f- block them from your memory? Oh, uh, a lot of things I want to block from my memory. Um. I don't know. Like, I guess we could talk about Rocco. Yeah, new, let's talk about the new. Yeah, Rocco. let's talk about the new new we, Rocco's li- modern life. That was literally the last thing we did before we started recording tonight. Yep, I came up after getting some Chinese food, and yep. they were watching Rocco. Um, um, for those not in the know, it's Rocco's modern life. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a special. 
So it's based off of the 90s cartoon show, um, Rocco's Modern Life. They do not let you forget. They do I, not let you forget. I loved when they showed like the, the news broadcast and the headline on the news was 90s cartoon saves worlds. <laughs> <laughs> or no, like or 90s cartoon solves problems. Um, yeah, it's very on the nose. Yeah. Um, I never saw the very... original. So. Um, the original was really great. Like, I don't know. Like, I grew up watching very it. Very subversive. Yeah. Very, like, I mean, there's it's no wonder that kids who watch, grew up watching that show are all like... You sad know, adults. Socialist tree huggers now, <laughs> I was going to say. But also sad adults. Like, there's a lot of both of those things going on in the show. <laughs> it's a big Venn diagram. Um, how do you describe Rocco's Modern Life to somebody that's never seen Rocco's Modern I mean, Life, though? It's, like, it's a show about... What do you say? It's a show about a young... Wallaby. You know, 20-something wallaby trying to find his way in the world, doing menial work at a comic shop. Um, God, remember when you could own a house on a comic book shop person's salary? No. Um, uh, but uh, That's what they should have talked like you about. You can get jobs working at comic book shops? <laughs> yeah, they make a joke about that, too, where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my old job, like my old store, and it's just like a 3D printer now. <laughs> um that like prints out the copies of the comics and like spits it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like just kind of going about like it was not a show that was for children. Like it was one of those shows. It was on Nickelodeon. Like I know, like, but I mean, like no it, it, I feel like it was one of those shows where it's like if you went back and watched it now, it would be like, how did this get past the censors? Yeah. Because, like, there was show, there was episodes about, like, nudist colonies. There were, like, <gasps> there episodes. Was an, there was an episode where Rocco worked at a sex. Uh, a phone sex a line. phone sex yep. line. Um, there, um, and the, the, the poster in the background said, be naughty, be hot. Um, be, be courteous or something be, like yeah, that. Yeah, was, like, yeah, a be third naughty, be, co- be hot, be courteous. Um, I watched it because I am, like, I am substantially younger than all of my, my older siblings. Um, I think, like, the smallest age gap is, like, five years. Mm. I'm trying to think. The biggest age gap is, like, ten years, right? So there, there's a pretty significant gap. So, like, I remember being, like, seven and eight and watching these cartoons with my siblings who were, like, in middle school and high school and my dad and, like, I have a very vivid memory of when I was seven years old <laughs> I know this and story. there was an ep. Uh, I always liked rainbows. Yeah. yeah. So like the, the episode is about like, you should be able to like what you want to like. And then like, I, you know, the, the dentist is like, I keep a bamboo, bamboo's heart underneath my pillow. And Rocco goes, I've always liked rainbows. And everybody, like, my dad and my three older siblings, like, laughed their asses off. Because, like, the other characters are like, Rocco, that's disgusting! And they, like, get pitchforks and they, like, chase him out of town. And I was like, I didn't get it. Like, it went completely over my head. I was like, I like rainbows. What's wrong with liking rainbows? And they were like, oh, nothing. Nothing, Elise. There's nothing wrong with liking rainbows. And I was like, but why are you guys laughing so much? And then, like, years later, I was like, oh, my God, it's a gay joke. Mm -hmm. Um, Which apparently they've done before because, um, well, we'll talk about this when we talk about it. But this one, the the special is about the creator of the Fatheads, who is kind of a self-insert character for Joe Murray, the creator of Rocco. Um, You know, discovering herself and finding that she's transsexual or transgender. 
Um, and um, they've done that joke. They've done, they've done stuff like that before because there's an episode. Do you remember the one where Ed um, is a cl- like is secretly a clown? Oh yeah. Like apparently that was meant to be like a like a gay allegory. Huh. Or like a bisexual allegory. And it's I guess. like this 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 cartoon is. It's very queer. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like the the opening um the opening credits are sung by the B fifty twos. Yeah. Like it, this is a like yeah queer as fuck show, and um I, I also appreciate um that there's like there's clearly some like weird kink stuff going on with the big heads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's that one where they uh or like oh Rocco my God, and like Mrs. Bighead is constantly trying to get into Rocco. Yeah. yeah. No, but the, the, remember the episode where Rocco goes over to their house, or like someone goes to their house, and Ed is chasing Bev around like in a giant hamster ball. Yeah, there was something going on there. Yeah, there's there was some something going on there. Stuff. And you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> Even um, as a kid, I'm like, there's something going on here. <laughs> but it's 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 weird, and so like it's this really weird show. And, like, we got reboots of so many things, and everybody, all the sad adults were like, we want Rocco. We want a reboot of Rocco. And so Joe Murray was like, fine, I'll give it to you, but you should feel bad about it. You and should so feel bad about wanting it. <laughs> and that's basically what this episode, what the whole special was about. It was, about. like, 45 minutes of, like, this is why nostalgia has stunted your growth as an adult. And I was like, fuck you, Joe Murray. <laughs> um, and then, like... But also accept your trans kids. Yeah, yeah also but also accept, accept, your, accept trans your trans kids. kids. Um, it was really cool Rocco's, how, like, very Rocco said trans rights. Yeah. Um, which, if we're talking about the nostalgia stuff, because, like, there's a lot of nostalgia stuff going on for uh, Earthworm Jim right now. Never forget, that guy's a transphobe. Like, the guy who created Earthworm Jim. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be as cool, guys. It's, it's not, not going cool. to be as cool. It's going to be as good as Racco. Um, you know, which like Rocco, Filbert, and Heifer were all like really chill. Yeah. And there was like this total moment where like I kind of tensed up. Yeah, it was like, where are they gonna go with where this? They and they're all like, that's cool. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay. Can you just give us uh, our cartoon yeah, back? Yeah, we, we just want the show back. But then the show came back and it wasn't the same, and Rocco like loses his shit. And it's like, I feel like that was a very pointed, like, that was Joe Murray like wagging his finger at all the millennial adults being like, you look at you children, like, you man babies will, I Well, know, on the it, other hand, yeah. on the other hand, because the people who enjoyed it, you know, because yeah. most people enjoyed it. Yeah, everybody but Rocco enjoyed it. And then uh, I think my favorite part of the entire episode, uh, like, the, like, the Rocco saying trans rights things was, was yeah. really nice. But I personally was a big fan of... Uh, when Conglamo makes all the money off of the reboot and then the rocket comes by and picks Conglamo up and flies it away and all the money falls out and then everyone just takes all the profits for themselves. <laughs> I appreciated that. I feel and like... And when somebody had a, had a throwaway line about late stage capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was... Also, there was a squirrel joke, a squirrel joke on the news about uh, the Gecko brothers getting a, a, a high position in the U.S. government and then being deported. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, that was good. I was that was a solid joke. I appreciated it. Um, so it, it was one of those things. Like I, I think it's better if you've seen Rocco because yeah. there was like a lot. Of... There's a lot of callback jokes to the original series, where it's like, yeah, since Alex had never seen it, you know, we, Elisa and I were laughing our ass off at Mops, 
And Alex had no idea why. And um, we're like, it's, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I'll take your word for yeah. it. Spunky really likes him some mops. <laughs> but... There's an episode where Spunky falls in love with a mop. Okay. Like, yeah. the, the dog falls in love with a mop. And it's like, again, kind of going along with the, this show is not for children. Um, it, like, is heavily implied that, like, he's, like, humping this mop. Like, off camera. And so, in this special, there's a uh, moment where uh, Spunky is watching YouTube and it's a it's 10 it's hours 10 of mops. 10 hours of mops. Just going, 10 hours going of Going into buckets. Um, and then later there's a, uh, an Amazon like binge ordering joke, like, like, like just kind of, um, things you don't need. Yeah. Things you don't need. And they've delivered a whole bunch of, they're uh, just playing with that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cats are playing with toys and Alex is getting distracted. Aww. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they just show up back to Rocco's house and there's just like boxes filled with mops <laughs> that have been like, ordered, like piled yeah, up at the front door by the dog. Uh, uh God, that's such was, a great show. That was really funny. Um, anyway. I kind of like that they didn't change, like, they didn't change Rachel's voice. Yeah. It's it still Joe Murray. Like, yeah. They didn't, they were just like, eh, this is her voice. Yeah. Deal with it. Um, I don't know. Or is, I don't know. There's a lot to like about the new, have we already talked about how he worked with Glad? Yeah. yeah no, we didn't talk Glad, about that, but. Glad over the script. Apparently Nickelodeon was originally taken aback by the idea yeah. that like one of the characters would come out as trans. And then he was like, yeah, fuck you. You're going to make this anyway. And, yeah. and they did. And they said, thank you, sir. May I have another? No, I'm just kidding. But like they were, they were fine with it in the end. And I think was, because they realized there, like it was going to make them a lot of money. According to the, and I mean like that's the, that's ultimately the yeah. point of this, of this special is that like the salja is just going to be used to like rake in all the money. But then hopefully one day a rocket, rocket ship will, come, will and, uh, come and destroy the seven companies that own everything. And we'll all get to share in the profits. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just go to go in. And, and the just... billionaires will be shipped off into space and everybody's mm -hmm. just going to be cool about it. You know, nice. like fingers crossed. That's what yeah. happens. So we got to build the uh, rocket. Catapult. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was that was bad. I, did you not see that one? I shared that. No. Movie. It was a catapultism. Yeet the rich. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it too. That's how Elon Musk is getting to space. <laughs> We're just gonna put his body in a trebuchet, <laughs> just launch it at the sun. Anyway, that's how. That's you know. There are only two cars. Two two cars. Two countries that have put cars in space. <laughs> One is America. The other is Spain. Really? No. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. It's a, okay. It's a joke. Okay. okay. It's a joke about anti-fascist actions during oh, the Franco. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was Rocco. Rocco was good. Uh, other things. Other things. Um, we we normally have, like, like a Contra Who's Day on, on Tuesdays where we watch, stuff, like, things. Yeah. Um, so while Elise goes and watches other things, we but we're doing this a little early this yeah. week. So as a result, we don't have as much to talk about. But next week, or next two weeks, we'll have even more things to talk about. I, I do have two movies that I watched last week when Elise was out. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I was by myself. And so I was like, I want to watch some horror movies. Because we, we went to a horror convention. And I didn't buy as many horror movies as I typically do. 
You bought um, a lot of books, though. I did buy a lot of books. Oh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, one of the books I've been reading. All right. Um, I started reading a book. I'm going to talk about more about it because I'm not terribly far into it yet. I'm almost done with part one. Um, it's called The Cabin at the End of the World. And it is a horror book. I can't quite figure out from whence the horror is coming yet. Um, the pages, presumably. The, the pages. Uh, but, like, what is it going to be about? Because right now it's about uh, this young girl... Um, this, she's uh, adopted, who's been adopted by these uh, uh, by these two men, who you know they're going on a family vacation uh, right before her eighth birthday out to this uh, cabin out in the middle of nowhere, um, and it's really wholesome and like really sweet, very very positive, you know, gay family, uh, you know, gay gay parents and an adopted child, um, kind of representation, and then these like people show up. And they're saying they're trying to save the world, but they've got these weird weapons. And at the point where I'm in at the book right now, they're, like, breaking into the family's cabin. Um, so I don't know. I don't think those four characters that are breaking in are meant to be the bad guys. But I don't know. Like, I feel like there's something else going on that I haven't figured out yet. So um, I will bring. I will say more about that once I finish the book. Um, but I decided I wanted to watch some movies. So... I watched a movie uh, that I remember seeing the ads for when I was in high school, and it freaked me the fuck out. And I kind of noped away. Thirteen Dead End Drive. No, <laughs> um, I noped away from it for like for a long, long time because it just like the ads freaked me out. And then I kept hearing a lot of good things about it, so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch The Ruins. And so I sat down and I watched The Ruins. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that movie is hard to watch but very good mm. um are you familiar with it alex no i at least not by that name i don't know if you would like it or not okay. i know elise would hate it Woo! um but it's it's kind of sort of cosmic horror i suppose why don't you give me the back of the oh, box description? okay so it's a group of college kids who are on vacation in mexico uh, one of them is about to go to medical school. So they're like celebrating before he goes off to medical school. And they, you know, they may never see each other again. It's like the end of like their college career or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're, they're partying down in Mexico and they run into this German tourist whose uh, brother has found, like is an archeologist and he's found these uh, Aztec ruins or Mayan ruins that aren't on any known map. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's going to go explore them. He's like, I'm going to go meet my brother there tomorrow. Do you guys want to come with? And they're like, yeah, we haven't had a chance to see any Mayan ruins on this trip. Like we've been at this like resort all the time. Like, let's go. And so they go. And, um, after they get, like, as soon as they get there, this dude rides up on horseback and he's speaking a language that none of them understand because like, he's not speaking Spanish. Mm. Uh, and he's like yelling at them and like, uh, after a while, he, like, pulls out a gun, and they're, like, freaking out. Um, and so one of them kind of steps, like, has been on the on the uh, temple, like, on the the uh, on the, uh, the pyramid, and has got, and then steps really close to the guy, and the guy shoots him. And they all, like, freak the fuck out and run up on top of the pyramid. And then more people show up and Was it Subcomedans Carlos? No. <laughs> more people show up, and they surround the pyramid. They figure out that there are people from the local, like, village. Like, the local, like, Mayan Mayan tribe. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, well, they, what are they doing? Why do they, like, why do they shoot our friend? What is, what's happening here? 
Um, and I don't want to give too much away, but there is something out in broad day. Like this is one of the things that one of those movies that like makes broad daylight absolutely horrifying. Mm. Um, there's something on the ruins that the people of the local village don't want spreading to the rest of the world. And so they're like doing this to basically imagine if there were people, other people in the thing, like people outside of the research center in the thing Mm -hmm. who knew that the thing was there and other people were like, Hey, we're showing up to this research center. That's the movie. Mm. Okay. So it's like the people outside, it's like, they're doing really fucked up things, but they're doing fucked up things because they need to save the rest of the world Mm -hmm. from what they know is there. It's, really scary (laughs) and like once you figure out what's happening like what's doing it it starts getting like very gruesome Mm. um is it like super gory or is it it gets real gory um as it goes on um but like honestly it's like the last like half hour 45 minutes Mm -hmm. is where that comes in like the rest of the movie is like it's not that bad. It's mostly it's like psychological where it's like we have like we were going to go for a day hike. We have a single bottle of water. Mm-hmm. We have no phone like we have nothing. And if we try to leave here, we'll be shot. So it's like that's where a lot of the horror comes from at, the be- at that part of it. Um, and then once they figure out what the threat actually is, there's a lot more like body horror. Mm. Um so I started watching that, or I watched that. Um, I don't know if I would want to watch it again. It was it, it was a slog. It was like, I like horror movies where there's a little bit of like glee, like on it, it, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but someone clearly had fun doing something with it. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and dog this, soldiers. Yeah, dog soldiers, or like you know the this like eighty slasher movies. That kind of stuff. This one, it was, like, really good effects, like, really solid writing, but it's, like, it's painful. Like, you feel the stuff that's happening on screen, um, and you really feel for the characters as they're slowly starting to lose it. Um, But it was good. Like, it was really, really good. Uh, The other thing that I watched uh, that I appreciated... Um, and I'm probably going to, again, report more on it as I watch more of it, was I started to watch the TV show version of The Mist, mm. which the movie, the Frank Darabont movie, is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, again, another one of these movies where the horror, yeah, there's like a supernatural threat outside, but like the really scary shit that happens in that movie is the way society starts to kind of break down. Like you get these religious fanatics who like blame this little kid for everything that's happening and are spending the entire movie, like trying to kill innocent people to make the supernatural shit stop. That has nothing to do with it. Um, and the TV show is like very loosely based off of a similar idea. But whereas the movie is like, we're all in this one supermarket like people were all going shopping like they're all going to the store and the world went to shit now all these people who are just going to buy groceries like what do they do now um like again like what you're talking about with like a bottle episode Mm -hmm. um 
this one, there's that same element where it's like the threat is outside. There's this mist that comes into this New England town and there are, there are things in the mist that are killing people. Mm. And so far, that's all we know. In the um, in the movie, and I think in the, the Stephen King short story that's based off off of, um, the, the, the monsters are like Lovecraftian creatures from another dimension. In the show, I'm not sure what they are yet because they haven't shown them to me. Mm. Um, I've only watched like the first like two or three episodes. Um, but it's like we're introduced to a lot of characters in the first episode. You have a guy who wakes up in the middle of the woods wearing an army uniform, but he has he has amnesia. He has no idea what's going on. Um, and he's the first person to discover the mist. He wakes up. There's a dog there. Um, he figures out. He figures it must be his dog since it's next to him. And then the mist rolls in. He's like, we need to get away from this mist. I don't know why, but it's freaking me out. Dog runs in. Dog gets killed. No. Um, and so he's like, okay, shit. I got to figure this out. And Does like, the dog die? The dog dies. The oh. dog dies, like, immediately and hard. Um, it's it's like JoJo's Bizarre Adventures level of dog dying. Um, Fun fact. That's why I can't watch <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is why you can't watch part one. You could watch other parts, probably. Um there so no because then you made me watch that episode with the baby (laughs) you i didn't make you watch that i was watching it and you came home at the wrong time (laughs) why is that baby why are they making that baby eat poop baby's evil (laughs) jojo reference um so uh so the basically the the setup for this is like the main characters are a family um, and there's a, an older, there's a daughter who's a teenager and a mom and a dad. Um, and the mom grew up in the town and like, there's something going on with her backstory. We, we haven't quite figured out what it is yet, but she apparently had like a bit of a reputation when she was growing up, like not a very good one. She was like something supposed to be something of like a, like a hussy. And she was afraid that her daughter would get the same reputation because it's the same kind of like small town asshole gossip. Mm. Um, and the daughter went to a party without her knowing, and the daughter gets raped. Um, we don't see what happens, but her friend, uh, says that she was raped by, like, the quarterback of the football team. Mm. Um, but there's been a few scenes since then that suggest maybe it wasn't him, because he seems to be kind of an okay guy. Like there's some things that like the doesn't mean, I know it doesn't mean anything, but there's the one part that like, that made me really like question whether he was actually the one responsible is his dad's a cop and his dad's an asshole, like a really big asshole. Um, and is talking about, Oh, you know, you're going to get off. We've got you the best lawyer. Just do exactly what he says. And we're going to put all this behind you. Like basically implying like you probably did it, but you know what? Boys will be boys kind of a thing. And the, the guy's response is, why are you acting like I did this? Mm. So it's like, cause again, we don't see it. We only have this one guy's word. And the one guy is like, I feel like he's, we're kind of getting set up for a bait and switch because the guy, like the friend I think is maybe the one that actually did it. Mm. Um, but I haven't gotten that far yet. So I don't know. Uh, Cause he's like kind of the, this weirdo outcast is like, why do you want to go hang out with the jocks? Like they're all jerks. And then like you, they go to the party and the football guy is like sticking up for the friend character against mm. the rest of the team. So it's like, 
seems a little bit out of character, but it's like, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing where they go with it. Um, and that's kind of like the setup. And so like all of these dramas are happening, you know, like the family is kind of falling apart because they're dealing with, you know, the, out, the, the, the dad told her to go to the party with that, like after the mom went to bed. Mm -hmm. And so the mom and the dad are now fighting. The daughter is dealing with the, the trauma of having been raped. Um, you know, the, the, the local community is kind of ostracizing them because, you know, this, this boy is a hero kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, like, why would you accuse him? And again, she's like, she was passed out. So it's like, she's just has the best friend's word for it. Like what happened, what actually happened. Um, and so all this stuff is going on and then the mist rolls into town and everyone is kind of separated. Uh, so like the mom and the daughter are on their way out of town. Um, for like because like the mom doesn't want to be around the dad because she's like i can't believe you told her to go to that party i told you i didn't want her to go she wasn't ready like i know the people who live in this town and look what happened like this is your fault mm -hmm. um and so they're like going up to her mother's she's telling the dad to stay there the dad um winds up with like the best friend character and like the cop like the 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 football player's dad who's the cop um, and the soldier because they arrest the soldier because they think he's fucking crazy mm. because he's like jam rambling about the stuff in the mist and um, not for nothing. He's also like one of the few black characters on the show. Mm. So it's like, okay, you're on drugs. We're going to put you in the pen. Uh, there's a criminal, like there's this woman who's um, she's, she seems to be, she's coming down off of uh, off of drugs but she's like so got some sort of a past. Like she's blown into town because she's hidden a whole bunch of money and a passport. This sounds like the setup of <laughs> Fiasco game. It kind of is, yeah. but it's like it's Fiasco with with monsters. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like oh, oh, everyone's got their own shit going on, but now you also have to deal with this like end of the world scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's been pretty good so far. Um, I think I like the movie better because the movie is able to do a whole lot more in a smaller scope. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm interested in seeing where they're going. There's not that many episodes and I think there's only one season. So I'll probably finish that up when I have the chance and come back and talk about it later. Okay. Um, but yeah. Well, that sounds like uh, a thing. That's a thing. That's a thing. Uh, also sounds like where we're ending it, unless Lee says any. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You've been really quiet this week. Yeah. I don't know. I just haven't done. Yeah, that's true. We're 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 a little bit. We're doing this a little bit early, so yeah, we haven't had as yeah. much chance to. Because it's like I don't want to talk about Stranger Things because I haven't finished it. I'm going to be yeah. finishing it this week, so I'll talk about. I haven't it the even next started day. Stranger oh, shit, Things. Should I have yet. to finish it? Um, there's a lot of things that we are like, oh, let's watch this. Like, Glow just came out. Glow so. just came out, yeah. So, probably next episode, I think we'll talk about, like, all the things that have been happening we've, on Netflix. So, like, we've also Stranger Things, Glow, and we've been watching, uh, we watched TNG. We got to the point in TNG where they start DS9, so we're going to start watching them, like, concurrently. Um. I really want to watch Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's, that's something that I've been wanting to watch for a while now. Good. All right. Watch the, watch the first episode and. And then we'll, yeah. that's the only thing we've that's we'll be up. catched up. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've I've seen like a handful of episodes because I was like not dating somebody, and they were like, "You should watch DS Nine," and I was like, "Where's my after school special in space?" Like these people have feelings and dramas. Like no, I need forty five minutes 
easy to digest space lesson about space racism. <laughs> Not very complex feelings about like about like how Cisco feels about being a powerful black man in space. Like, no, I want you know, right and wrong answers. <laughs> I want Picard yelling at the lady for like the Vulcan thing. Okay. I think that's, I think I'm done. But yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. Like, do you say like, like, but the, but it is true. Like TNG is very straightforward. Like their morality system, I think is like pretty, pretty straightforward. Like there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. Um, and, and it's after school specials in space and DS9 is like, well, like, you know, cause it's set in the aftermath of like, this planet has finally gotten out from underneath, um, Cardassian rule. And they're trying to like, they're, you know, in the middle, like they're all in political flux and it's like, it's more nuanced and like people have struggles and people are deep, and it's just like, no, not what I want. I want Data and Jordy playing Sherlock Holmes on the holodeck. And that's that's not what you get in DS9. Well, anyway. you can still watch that. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently you're not done with Deep uh, No, we TNG. still have like two more seasons, I think, of, of TNG left. So I, still, I still get a little more of like Data and Jordy playing Sherlock Holmes on the holodeck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know, um, this is kind of interesting. I was talking to my, I, I was talking to my future sister-in-law about this, um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so like, apparently, I don't know if this, we might want to cut this segment later. Um, but so, so LeVar Burton, um, who played Jordy LaForge on TNG and was also, uh, the producer of Reading Rainbow. Um, so he was on that for like, you know, he was on that show from the beginning. Um, and he, if you've, if you've seen the show, if you've seen a lot of the show, you notice that like Jordy never gets a girlfriend. Like he has like a handful of dates. The Android gets a girlfriend. Right. In a few episodes. Like the Android gets a girlfriend. Why, why not the black guy? Raker literally has to fuck his way off a planet in an episode. <laughs> yeah, he does. And it's just sort of like, yeah, why not the black guy? Like, why does the black guy get a girlfriend like at all? He actually has a line in one of the episodes, like, you know, Wesley, there you can get more action in a good book, and you're just like. Reading Rainbow. And it's like, you know, there's an episode where he gets captured by, like, not for nothing, but there's an episode where he gets captured by the Romulans and they, like, take off his shirt and it's like, LeVar Burton was looking good in the early 90s. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, late 80s, early, like, he was, like, he was, he's a good looking dude. Um, you know, he still is. I'm sure he's, he's aged into he's a aged silver. Well. He's aged well, right? Um, but yeah, no, like, it was. I will, like, everybody was having a shit ton of sex on TNG, except for Jordy LaForge. And he, like, called him out on it eventually. Like, he called out the, the writers about it. And and it was, like, they were just, they were, like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do with a black man's sexuality. And it's just, like, wait, really? And it's, like, you know, it's one of those things where you think, like, the 90s weren't. And then you, like, look closer in the cracks and you're, like, oh, my God, nobody was woke. <laughs> <laughs> Like, woke was not a thing back Everybody then. Everybody was sleep. Everybody was sleep. Um, but yeah, no, so apparently, like, yeah, at one point he, like, called him out and he was like, what the fuck is this about? Um, I'm sure he didn't say it like that because mm -hmm. it's, 
Ezra Varburton. The man has a lot of class. Um, but yeah, he was a producer at PBS for God's sakes. More fish for Kunta. Yes. <laughs> I never wanted to be Lavar Burton in person. I only wanted a picture. You can't disappoint a picture. I was that was us quoting Community because uh, yeah. that's something that we do a lot yeah. on the show and in real life, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. So that was that was like an interesting thing to me because yeah, like even fucking Data gets laid. Yeah. Even the android Wesley Crusher, who was like a literal child on that show forever for like years, goes on more dates than Jordy LaForge. Like, was it if we reboot? Like, that's what I need in Picard. Mm. Um. Oh, and he like doesn't get any play in the movies either. Like in the movies, Riker and and Deanna Troy finally get married. Um. But like. Like, Jordy doesn't even get a girlfriend in the movies. And so that's what I need from Picard. I just need Jordy to, like, have, like, a wife or a husband or somebody. But, like, he needs a significant other in his life, like, with some kids. I think He's canonically straight. So we're going to say he needs a wife. He needs some kids. Like, I don't know. Um, But it kind of pisses me off. I think that's, like, the online petition that I want to start is, like, bring back Jordy. Give Jordy a girlfriend. Yo, you know, like <laughs> going back to the thing with Wesley though. You know who a- Wesley winds up with in that one episode? No, Ashley Judd. Jesus Christ! Remember, remember that episode with the game where like oh, everyone yeah, yeah, gets yeah. like addicted. Oh to my Angry god, Birds? that's not even the girlfriend that I was thinking about him getting. Yeah, yeah. Wesley Crusher, literal child, has more girlfriends on TNG than Jordy LaForge. Jordy LaForge. Look at him. He's got a career. He's a very young, like, person to be in charge of an entire, of, like, Starfleet's flagship's uh, engineering corps. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I'm just, this is making me really upset. Um, the more I think about it, the more, like, the angrier I get. <laughs> and it's not just that, like, he doesn't, he doesn't get a girlfriend. It's, like, he very explicitly, like, his romantic plots like explicitly end with him face plant yeah face plant you know and you're just like i mean i guess like he was supposed to be like the nerd but once again like fucking picard gets (laughs) like a hard-on for archaeology facts and that man constantly gets laid during tng well but he's patrick stewart that's true i think patrick stewart it was in my contract I had to get laid once every four episodes or else I wasn't going to do the show. <laughs> I've already seen everything. Like, yeah, like... All of her clothes fall. Oh, God, Dr. Right. Crusher. Deanna Troy. Um, but Deanna Troy's supposed to be, like, the sexy one. Mm-hmm. Fucking, fucking Worf has a <laughs> child out of wedlock. I know. Alex is trying to bring this train home. I think and we I'm were like, I'm just going to keep talking I, I about I opened the floodgates here. <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the, the Elise rant. I feel like we need one good Elise rant in episode. Yeah. So this one, this this uh, this rant was brought to you by Jordy LaForge's lack of a sex life on TNG. And that's something you know. It's what twenty five years later. I'm still pissed about it. Yep. Mm. And he's not ace, like canonically, or no, oh. canonically he is straight and thirsty. Yeah, he is very <laughs> very thirsty. thirsty. <laughs> And <laughs> remember that episode where he falls in love with the uh, hologram simulation of that the woman who designed the engines of the Enterprise? Yes, yes. Like that's what we mean by like. And then she re- shows up and finds his search browser history, and then it's like, mm. 
I is, don't think so. Is the name she's of like, the episode, I'm fucking married. Is the name of the episode why you should always use incognito mode? <laughs> no, but that's the lesson that you learn from it. Because every episode's yeah, yeah. an after school special. Because um, he was like, I'm going to save. Because, like, yeah, the end of the episode where he makes that program is like, I'm going to save this program. And you don't know, like, a, a lot of time passes between the episode where he makes that computer simulation. Because well, it, it is important to that episode because, like, it ends up saving the Enterprise. The fact that, like, he makes a computer simulation of her with, like, an actual personality. And then, like, the one where the actual woman shows up on the Enterprise. But it's like, you know he fucked that hologram. <laughs> you know it and I know it. Because he saved that program. <laughs> Barkley showed him how. Barkley like... showed him how. Jesus, even Barkley gets to go on a date with Deanna Troy. I'm sorry. This is like but wasn't a that deep... in his fantasy? No, no, no. That happened that shit oh, happened in real yeah, life that's twice. Right. That's right. Twice. That's right. He gets right. to go on a date with Deanna Troy. Um Yeah, no, this like the the more I talk about it, the the more upset I get. Yeah, there's like that episode, there's like another episode where like it just all of his romantic he is canonically straight, he is canonically thirsty. And he canonically does ne- like just never gets a girlfriend, um, like because it would be one thing if he was like if everybody else was like oh Jordy you should go on dates and he's like no and they do like the nineties coy thing about like you know maybe his ace he's like he's but doing, we're not gonna say he, it because it's the nineties it's like he's got a sexuality other than straight so we're not gonna say it but, yeah yeah but it's no but they don't do that <laughs> but they don't do that they he is explicitly straight yeah he is explicitly There's- wants. There was that, wasn't, there, remember that one episode where they have him, like, on a date, and the woman's like, Jordy, you're really nice, but... Yes! Yes! <laughs> like, a girl friend zones him oh, in a I date. Know. Oh, like, and he's oh like, my god. Oh, okay. And, like, he walks away, and the sad Peanuts music starts to play, <laughs> like... God, yes. LeVar Burton, you deserved better. Um, I'm gonna start a petition for you. <laughs> Um, no, to get you to come back be, to Picard. This has got to be no, no. He has to have his own spinoff of Picard called The Forge, where and he it's, is still. It's you remember you remember that episode of the uh, you remember that that uh, old SNL skit with Tim Meadows where he was the ladies' man. Yeah, it's yeah. That but with Lavar Burton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like like, it, like he retires from Starfleet and is now uh, and is now like a. Uh, uh, knee deep <laughs> uh, knee deep in ladies all the time a dr drew <laughs> style love guru yeah, yeah yeah he's got like a he's got like a column like savage love yes <laughs> deanna troy is like with her ridiculous accent whatever it's supposed to be it's like i divorced striker now i want you to fuck me and he's like okay <laughs> like like looks to the camera breaks the fourth wall and winks or something i don't know but like but yeah, Jordy LaForge deserved better. He's got like a he's got like a steady job. He's like really good at it. He's best friends with an android. I don't know. That like is a cool thing. Um, well, apparently he dated an AI, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Just just do that. Anyway. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. I'm sorry. But I guess that's the end of my rant. All uh, right. Well, Jordy LaForge and Lavar Burton, you deserve better. Okay. Well. I think that's that's a good place to have wrapped it up like <laughs> ten minutes ago. But that's okay. Uh, My rants are great. Yeah, we're old. we're glad to have you. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. I mean, I'm sorry. I need to stop <laughs> screaming obscenities about people at people I care about. I'll talk about this in therapy. All right. Um. Well, 
until next time, I'm Alex. Nick. I'm Elise. And these have been some nerds that have a podcast. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>